it's so great to have all of you here. Don't forget, we have a special gift for all of our moms. I have a message on my heart. It's to mothers, but it will apply to everybody. So if you wouldn't mind, would you please stand once again for the reading of the word. We're going to 2 Kings 4, verses 1 through 7. Great to have all of our guests, some familiar faces, some I don't know, but I'm so glad that you are here, chosen to be with us at LifePoint today. LifePoint's on a journey, man. We're going some places. You hear what I'm saying? We've been some places, but we're going some places too. And we'd love to have you. Get involved, discover life. Uh, we'd love to connect you. 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is come to take my sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it onto the, into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons shall live on the rest. And I would like to preach a message today entitled, The Tenacious Mother. The Tenacious Mother. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, your presence that has been so strong in this house today. What you've already done is just superb. But God, I pray that you would anoint me to speak what you want me to say. Anoint us to hear what you want us to hear. And bless these wonderful people with a word from you, God. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. A boy asked his father a question about something in particular. The dad said to the boy, go ask your mother. To which the boy replied, dad, I don't want to know that much about it. Mothers pay attention to details. They're girls after all. So they think with both sides of their brains. They're emotional and They're logical. We've been trying to figure them out since the beginning of time. In our reading, we see a recently widowed single mother who is having trouble with her finances and with her sons. Now, in those days, your kids could be pledged as collateral for loans. Isn't that an interesting concept? Some of you are thinking right now, I could get a lot from my son. Some of you might be thinking, well, not so much. <laughs> I don't know. But this was allowable under the Mosaic law. They would be freed when the debt was satisfied or during the year of Jubilee. And so you had this concept. Well, this lady's two sons had been pledged on a loan, and their father died. And now the mother is behind on the payments and the the bill collectors are calling. I mean, the phone's ringing off the wall. 
caller ID. You know not to pick it up because you know who it is. The creditors are calling and they're wanting to seize her sons for non-payment on a loan. Now, this woman is quite remarkable. I want to point something out about her. It's one amazing characteristic, and we're going to look at what that means in three points. But the, the bottom line is this. She was a tenacious woman. Now, that word, what does it mean? Well, Google definition says tenacious means tending to keep a firm hold of something, not readily relinquishing a position or principle, determined, persistent, not easily dispelled. So think about it. Out of nowhere, this woman was hit with something she never expected, the death of her husband. It was a premature death, just like that, the love of her life, the father of her sons, the priest of her home, the provider of her family, gone. And she and her husband had made this bank deal. It did not seem like a bad deal at the time. I mean, their credit score was was good. Their debt-to-income ratio was good. They were approved for the loan. It just seemed to make sense. But what they did not see coming was for the husband to die as a young man. And so what seemed like a good idea has ended up being a terrible mistake. And their mistake is now all on her. It's her mistake and her sons are at risk. It's like adding insult to injury, putting salt in a wound. She's already lost her husband. She's got money problems and now she might lose her boys, her sons. It would have been understandable had this mother dealing with this situation had she become paralyzed with grief and loss and self-pity. It would have been understandable had this mother been too weak to fight and she would have just given up. But that's not the woman in our story. No, she is a tenacious mother. She tends to keep a firm hold of things. She does not readily relinquish a position or a principle. She is determined. She is persistent. She is not easily dispelled. Can I tell you, we all make mistakes. Look around you right now. I want you to look at your person to your right, and then look to the person to your left. These people make mistakes. I see people nodding their head in agreement. And I think it's less about them and more about the person to their right or to their left. We all make mistakes, every single one of us. We've all made decisions that seemed like a good idea at the time. It's like that old redneck thing, right? Watch this. Seemed like a great idea at the time. But then the disaster ensues and we realize, wow, we were oh so wrong. And some of us, it it would make more sense to those watching us if we just gave up, if we were just paralyzed in the darkness of the loss, it would make more sense for us to, to, to just stop and make no progress. But we need to learn something from this woman. She, she had this attitude of, I will not let this happen. I will not let go. I will not give up. I, I may have lost this battle, but I will not lose this war. I'm coming back. You're going to see me. I'm not going to stay down. It's like that old verse that said, uh, Rejoice not against me, O oh, my enemies, though I fall. 
I shall arise. Some of you need to get a comeback attitude. I may have lost a lot, but I'm not finished yet. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you today to adopt an attitude of tenaciousness, being stubborn, never giving up, never quitting. Some of you precious mothers with wayward children and prodigal sons and daughters and kids at risk, I want to encourage you, don't give up on them. And some of you with younger children understand, they don't have to get out of church They don't ever have to go out and build some kind of crazy testimony. They don't have to smoke dope ever. They don't have to shack up ever. They don't have to get drunk and party like a rock star ever. I'm telling you, your little darlings can get in church and stay in church for the rest of their lives. They don't ever have to leave it. They can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. They can be a bright light in a dark world. Just because you've had some disappointments, I want you to know it's not over. It may be a bend in the road. It might be a bump in the road. But as long as you don't stop, it ain't the end of the road. Amen? I want to encourage you. Listen to this. Josiah, sometimes we bellyache and moan and complain. And, and some of us, we, at times we all have good reason to do so. But listen to this. Josiah was only eight years old when he became king of Judah. He was eight years old. He became the king of Judah. And his daddy was a fool. And his granddaddy was a fool. And when I say that, I mean those guys were into wicked idolatry, including child sacrifice and temple prostitution. It was insane. Josiah was born to a daddy like that and a granddaddy like that. But he had a mom. He had a mother, her name was Jedidah. You don't read but one verse in the Bible about her. But her influence on him can be seen in his teenage years. When he was 16 years old and when he was 25 years old, he began to lead reforms uh, against his father and his grandfather's regimes that brought a national revival to his generation. The influence of one mother on a young man. It was powerful. Not only that, Timothy, one of the most successful pastors in all the New Testament, was raised in a divided home with an unbelieving father and a believing, committed mother whose name was Eunice and a grandmother whose name was Lois. Moses was raised in Pharaoh's court, full of religion and idolatry. He was educated in the Ivy Leagues of Egypt, but for the first few years of his life, He was under the influence of his mother, Jochebed. And he grew up to choose the God of his fathers over all the gods of Egypt. Don't ever give up on your kids. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. It's never over. Now this woman back in 2 Kings 4, her tenacity is displayed in three ways. I want to look at that. The first way is this. When she had all these problems, she went to God. She didn't run from God. She ran to God. That's what tenacious people do. She sought out Elisha, the prophet of God. Elisha is a type of Christ. Jesus' name is is Yeshua. That's the name, Yeshua. And, And it means Yahweh or Jehovah has become our salvation It's the name Joshua, Yeshua. Elisha is Elohim. 
has become our salvation. It's a very similar name. And there are many parallels between Elisha and Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, we have no record anywhere of anybody coming to Elisha and asking for something miraculous from God. And Elisha saying, no, not going to happen. He was always willing, always open, always compassionate. As a matter of fact, the first person to ever multiply, multiply bread, break it all up, and, and distribute it to, to more people than it should have fed was Elisha, just like Jesus. And so she goes to Elisha, the prophet of God. She brought her needs and her brokenness and her impossibilities to the man of God. Incidentally, unbelievers and even some of her religious peers could have argued with her about this. Don't you understand, woman? It was God who let you down in the first place. It was God, don't you know, who took your husband. It was God who chose not to heal him. It was God, after all, who chose not to protect him. And check this out. Her husband was a preacher. He was in the school of the prophets. He was a seminary student. He he was learning how to be a man of God. And he never finished and he never graduated, but he died. And it's as if he died with student loans and left them strapped with debt, left a grieving widow and two young sons, but she did not get bitter and shake her fist at heaven and say, how could you have done this to me, God? How could you have put me in this position? I'm telling you, I'm never going to go back to church ever again. No, she ran to God in spite of all that she had lost. And we need some people and we need some mothers like that with tenacity, tenacious people who see setbacks as setups. She saw her disappointments as vehicles to take her to the next level of her walk with God. Instead of getting all mad and saying, why am I like this? They said, Lord, I don't understand it, but I'm just coming to you and asking, would you give me a helping hand? Would you give me some direction, Lord? (laughs) Hallelujah. She saw the setback as a set up. She went to Elisha, and she lays out the facts. My husband, your servant, is dead. You know how he feared God, and now the creditors have come to collect my boys. Now, I love Elisha's response because this is not what he did. He did not do this. He didn't say, have you heard of Dave Ramsey, honey? You need to enroll in Financial Peace University. You don't know how to manage your finances, girl. We need to get the debt snowball rolling with you. Your husband was a lousy manager, and you just let him go. That's no excuse, honey. We're going to put you in Financial Peace University. No, he doesn't chasten her. He doesn't rebuke her. He doesn't condemn her. He doesn't gripe at her about this financial condition that she has found herself in. But, but he, he cuts to the chase. He says, honey, what do you have left? Now, here's the deal. She's been hawking everything, right? She's trying to keep those creditors at bay. So she hocked the couch and she hocked the bed and she hocked the fridge. Some of you have never lived at levels of existence that I have. Once I remember hocking, this is the worst, right? There's a lot of levels you can go, but this, for me, this is the, when you start hocking your guitars, 
you, you're at a low right there. Oh, my mouth's drying out just thinking about it. She's been hawking everything just to keep those creditors at bay. She's doing what she has to do. So the only thing she has left is a little vessel of oil. In the Hebrew, it doesn't mean a 55-gallon barrel. It means a tiny little vessel of anointing oil. Well, I happen to have one right here. I got this because of the times right here. This is a little vessel of anointing oil. Now, I'm supposed to take it and pray for people with it at the hospital and whatnot, but anytime I open it up, it's got this little dipstick on it, and I can dip the dipstick, but I can't pour the oil out because it's so thick, it, it like makes a bubble and like clogs itself up. I can't. This is a tiny, tiny bit of oil. She, she had, let's just pretend this is what she had. She says, I don't have anything left. It's just me and my boys and this little tiny bottle of oil. That is all I have left. And you know what the prophet says? He doesn't say, wow, that's too bad. Uh, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do for you, girl. You know, good luck. Uh, you'll see the boy. Go, just go visit the boys in their slavery, you know. He doesn't say that. He says, that's enough. That's, that's, that's good right there. That, I, as a matter of fact, I want you to commit what you got left to the Lord. I want you to listen to me. Commit what you got left. Oh, my Lord. We had a water baptism this morning. It was off the chain, y'all. Uh, this was a, we started, like, y'all were still driving to church. Some of you still in bed probably. And Cindy was coming out of the water speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God just moved all over her. It was phenomenal. It was, it was beautiful. And I told her, I said, Cindy, you, you, when, when you go down, you're coming up, and, and your old life is over. It's gone. It's gone. It's over. It's gone. But, and, you, and you say, well, man, I got some years behind me. I wish I had them back. They're gone. It's over, right? But what you got left, if you'll give it to God, he'll do more with that than you could have ever done with all that time on your hands. I'm telling you, tenacious people will take what they got left and commit it to God, and God will work miracles. Come on, give him some praise right now. Can you do it? Hallelujah. Give him what you got left. Give him what you got left. Woo. It was just a little bit. Some of us, we've said, man, I've wasted so many years. Give him what you got left. I've wasted so much money. I've blown it. Give them all you, what you got left. My family, I, I miss so many opportunities with my kids and with my family. Give him what you've got left. If only, even if it's only just a little tiny, tiny bit. Elisha said to her, take that little bit and I want you to go borrow vessels and containers and pots and pans from your neighbors, friends, family, strangers, Bring them into your house. Close your door behind you and your sons. Take your little bottle of oil and begin pouring it into those vessels. Now, I was a little slack in my vessel collecting skills today. I got what we had over to chapel. So she's like going to people and she's like, hey, can I borrow, can I borrow a pan? I need a pan. And the, now, the, listen, this is humiliating. 
this raises awkward questions. Oh, you need a pen. That's kind of weird. What, what, why might I ask? You know, nosy neighbors. Why might I ask? Do you need a pen? Well, because I've seen I'm having some financial issues, and the prophet gave me this like he told me to take my little tiny bottle of oil, and, and I'm gonna fill up these vessels. You know, I'm gonna shut the door. We'd like to come in and watch. No, you can't come in and watch. He told me shut the door. It's me and my boys. Well, okay. So they so they give her. So there's a pan. So she gets a pan. I guess I need to put it up here. So she gets a pan, and then she goes and she knocks on the other neighbor's door. You know, I don't know. You know, you don't know me. I know we didn't get. I know our kids got in a fight. Uh, can I borrow a pan? Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Goes to the next neighbor. Hey, I know you're the president of the Homeowners Association. I'm kind of behind right now. But if you don't mind, would you let me borrow a pan? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, there's a pan. So she's getting scowls and weird looks and all. She's, she's borrowing these little pans, little pots, and, and, and you know, just, and she, she gets as many as she can. She gets, oh, this is flat. This one, why did you get that, Aaron? So anyhow, she's getting all these pots and pans. And here's, here's another area where her tenacity is displayed. As ri- ridiculous as it looks, she obeys what the word and the instruction of the Lord is. It, it seems stupid. It seems crazy. It seems, it seems insane. It, it doesn't make a lick of sense. I say that. It's been a while, but I say that about water baptism. Uh, we, we're so used to the form of it, but sometimes it's good to just kind of like back up for a minute and just kind of look at how absolutely ridiculous water baptism is. It's just water. It, and you're going under and coming up. A few things said, little prayers prayed, name is called. And what does that have to do with anything? People have discounted it so much because they've... It doesn't make sense to the logical mind. Just like taking a little tiny piece of oil, a uh, little oil bottle and collecting pans and pouring the oil. It didn't make any sense. But her salvation was found in obeying that word because she was connecting her faith to it. That's the way it works with God. It doesn't just happen to you. You've got to reach out and grab it and reach out and take it and walk those humiliating steps of obedience it takes that tenacity, that tenacity. It's what separates the men from the boys. I know that's sexist. Let me back it up and say it like this. That's what separates the true believers from the just the word declarers in name only. The people that say, I'm going to take it beyond just confessing and saying a few, and I'm going to walk. If you want me in that tank, I'm going to get in that tank and say the name of Jesus. If you want me to seek you and raise my hands, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do, Lord, because I'm a tenacious believer. Come on, clap your hands to him right now. Can you do it? Tenacity. Hallelujah. You may be seated. What it did was it forced her to go all in. All in. I love it when somebody goes all in. A a few years ago, I was at a conference in 
St. Louis, I think maybe, and uh, I was it was a uh, I was in a pastor's uh, place. There, they they they'll it's I hate to even say it, but hallelujah. They sell uh, wares, right? There's a market for churches and pastors, and so at this conference I was at, there was this big uh, hall, like a mall, and it's all these booths set up. It's like church consulting firms and Bible sellers and. And, like, it's a marketplace, and they're selling all kind of stuff, and baptistries, it's all good. Uh, entrepreneurial people, they, they're, they're where the market is, and so they're trying to hit us up and sell us stuff. And I'm walking through this cavalcade, you know, like a circus, and they're hawking their wares. Hey, Pastor, hey, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm just, you know, doing my thing, and, and uh, I come across a guy in a booth, and it's a booth called Caneo, Caneo Resources, a guy named Todd Smith. And, and, and there were some things that caught my attention. He was a church growth consultant. He was a coach. And I, uh, I stopped. I just felt compelled to stop. I said, what do you do? Who are you? I know these people. I saw some pictures that he had worked with. And uh, he said, well, we just we coach churches. We help go to the next level. And uh, he said, well, tell me about uh, your church. I said, well, life point this and life point that. And he said, well, man, I'd love to connect with you. And I said, well, what's it cost and what's it take? And, he said, well, it's, you know, X amount of dollars a month, and, and we do a video conference with you and your core team, and blah, 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 and, and, and all this, he had all this stuff he was telling me about, and I'm just, I don't know why, but it was just, I just said, you know what, let's do it, what, where, where do I sign? He's like, well, you sign here, and I need to swipe your, cre- your credit card, and I said, and I just remember, as he took my credit card, LifePoint's credit card, <laughs> he, was, he was about to swipe it, and I thought to myself, Lord, Whatever this man tells me to do, we're going to do it. Some of y'all were in some of those early meetings. If you were in those early uh, core team meetings when we first got on Caneo, see your hand? We got a few of you here. Yeah, and, and it's still our core team. And, and what happened was we, we, uh, we swiped that card. I came home. I said, guys, I made a commitment, and I have made my mind up. We're not going to, like, customize it. Like, they say, do this, and we're going to go, ah, that's dumb. We're going to do it this way. I said, we're going to submit to this process, and if it fails, we'll blame them. And if it succeeds, we'll take, you know, no, we'll blame them too. We just went all in, and as we walked through those processes, there were times I was like, no, nah, we ought to do it this way. But we, at, at the beginning of each one of those things, we, we committed to exactly what Todd coached us into, and the rest is history. Like LifePoint began to grow and blow up. And we move from uh, Tiggy Duplessis over here, and it's just incredible. But when you go all in and you submit to the process and the instruction, it's amazing what happens when it comes to the result. Uh, I've seen people come into Life Point one way and, and, and leave unchanged, totally unchanged. But I've also seen people come in one way and they, they didn't argue. They didn't gripe about any rules or instructions we gave, but they were ready for something real and for a change. And they said, you know what, Pastor? And I'm not, I don't have some kind of God trip. Trust me, I'm not a control freak. Ask anybody. But I'm just saying, they're like, Pastor, whatever you tell me, like if you'll lead me, if you can show me where it's the truth, I'm in. I'll do whatever it takes. 
And I've watched these families come in and, and, and begin to listen to the instruction and, and go all in. And, and I, I remember, I should have thrown those pictures up. I remember baptizing the entire Jeremini family in one day. Boom, 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 boom. I remember watching, uh, uh, baptizing the entire store family in one day. Just boom, boom, boom. I mean, members of our church, people that they just said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of doing it the way I've been doing it. I wanted, I'm going to tell you something. LifePoint doesn't have all the answers. I'm not a guru. But I'm telling you, I know a few things. And I know something about this book and this word and this Jesus. And I found something. If you listen to me, it'll change your life. Submit. Go all in. Go all in. There is something about going all in. Burn your ships, man. Because we're not playing church here. We're not fake here. We're not going back to creedal religion and what some man told us to believe. We're taking out that book, putting it in the center, and saying, God, whatever's true, I want it. And if it's not, if it's not true, I don't want it, Lord. Whatever you got for And we take that truth and we put it in our heart and we flesh it out and we walk it and it's changed our lives. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to go. All in. I love it when people go all in. There is such an ancient flow to tenacious people who go all in. And at Life Point, listen, don't let the lights and sound and, 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 and the, the, the whatever. This is not a run-of-the-mill, uh, cool church trying to churn out uh, cliches and mediocrity. It's a church of the living God. Rooted in the apostles' doctrine. Built on the foundation of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus crucified, and, and, and we're tenacious about following through on that word. Third thing that she did, and I, I love this, is that she did her best. She got as many vessels as she could. Why don't you stand with me right now? She got as many vessels as she could. Like, I remember back in the day when I was a door-to-door salesman, and we would go out and cruise because you needed encouragement as a door-to-door salesman. The true unstoppable door-to-door salesman could go out and knock doors and um, by themselves. They could stay motivated. Because the average run-of-a-mill person, you, you're like, you got to knock doors and sell products. You're going to be terrified walking up to your first door it's going to do, be all you can to knock the door, to ring the bell. And as, as soon as nobody comes, you're like, okay, they're not home. It's, it's terrifying if, if it's not your thing. So you go out and cruise because you can encourage each other. It's like, you know, like you had to show out a little bit. I, I, I got this one. You know, I got this one. Yeah. Go up and knock the door, you know. I'm not afraid of the dog barking, the Doberman pincher, like screaming and howling. You know, like I'm not afraid of that. Go knock the door. Hey. hey. And so we'd go out and cruise. And, and, and there were those people that they weren't all in and they did not give it their best. So they're like, knock a door, knock two doors. And they're like, guys, it's lunchtime. Are you hungry? And they'd find every excuse in the world to bail on the job. Some of you, you do that in other jobs too or you've seen other people do that. In just, some of you got employees that do that with you, right? You're like, no, no, it's, it's 10, 15. It's not lunchtime. Get back over there and get to work. Chapow, right? Crack the whip. 
She did not stop short. She went and did her best. She gathered as many vessels. She's knocking doors. Hey, I need, I need a vessel. I need another one. You see, it's my future is on the line. I, I got to rescue my family. My boys need to see what it's like when somebody obeys fully. They need to see. I need to model. They lost a daddy. I got to model an example of what it means to be fully sold out. So I'm going to get as many as I can. And so she got as many as she could. And every time she poured the oil in, it filled up. It filled up. It filled. Finally, she said, bring me another one. The son said, there's no more. She had done her best. She had enough to rescue her sons and to live on in the future. God had made a difference. You know what it was? It was God, yes, but it was a tenacious mother who just wouldn't let go, who was fighting for her family. Her determination to get as much as she could was the determining factor in her paying off her debts and funding her future. She was not mediocre. She was not halfway. She was tenacious. She didn't quit. I want to encourage some of you today, find some tenacity. Re-energize yourself with some tenacity. Go to God with your brokenness and with your loss. Use your setback as a setup. I want to encourage you, obey God. Do what He asks you to do for crying out loud. Don't fight against it, man. Go all in. It will change your life. Third thing I want to ask you to do, do your best. Give it everything you've got, and He'll give you everything that you need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to have some prayer today. We're going to pray together. We're going to ask God to give some direction. And I want to ask you, is that you today who needs some direction? Is that you who has lost so much and you're needing to return back to God and call on His name and ask Him, what's my next step? I I thought I had given up, but God, I found a new commitment. It's not over. I am not giving up. And I want to open this altar just just for the next couple of minutes. If, If there's somebody in this room and you're wanting to recommit yourself to being tenacious, and not settling for the loss, but going for the gain. I want you to come up right now. We're going to pray just, just for a few minutes. If that's, Is there anybody in this house? There's a tenacity. A tenaciousness. Hey, you're going to find a God who loves you. You're going to find a God who will provide for your every need. Hey, he, He's going to give you some instruction. It may test you a little bit, but you bow the knee to that word. You bow the knee to that word. He's going to fill you up. He can do more with what you have left than what you could have ever done with everything. Come on, church. Let's go ahead and come to the front, every single one of us.